This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, it's Elizabeth Kay with another episode of 50 Shades of Kay. And this podcast is all about raising multiples. Beyonce made her big announcement being pregnant with twins, which came really out of nowhere. I mean, she keeps a lot of that really private. And it kind of opened up dialogue on social media about having multiples and what this is like. And personally, I have a couple friends right now that are pregnant with twins. And I thought, you know what? Why just discuss twins? Let's go even bigger. <laughs> bigger is better. I'm joined with my guest and friend, Amy Taylor, who is known for a lot of things. I mean, you've worked at TMJ4. You're known for being with Reitman and Miller and Amy Taylor, too, on 94.5 WKTI. And you are known for having your triplets, Amy. That's the truth. Um I remember when I first got pregnant, my agent was saying, now, don't let this be all about your kids. Don't turn into that person who's only talking about kids all the time. You're a person. Don't forget it. And I was thinking, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard not to be identified with that. And especially when you really love it and it's something you really wanted for a long time. So, Well, and your journey of getting pregnant, you were very public about. So your listeners and viewers felt like they were pregnant with you. They were on this ride with you. It's really one thing that is really amazing now. I still hear from people who say, I just got a comment from somebody on Facebook last night saying, when you were pregnant, I was there with you every step of the way. And I was just you know, going through my life and not realizing how many people I was touching who were having similar experiences, whether it was one child or three at once or whatever. When you bring in other um, people into this world, it's really cool when you feel that support of community. And I'm sure Beyonce right now is inundated with people wanting a piece of her in that sense. Can you imagine? I just can't imagine. Well, when Beyonce announced it on the radio show, I said, look, we're all pregnant. Beyonce (laughs) She's pregnant. We're all pregnant. We're going through this together. And in a way, it's amazing what a baby, and in this case, two babies, what that can sort of do for people. Because this announcement came at a time that, I mean, our world is a little nuts right now and social media is a little nuts right now. And it's intense. That was trending on social media. And I put on Facebook, I said, you know what? It's good to see something that's non-controversial that's exciting and positive trending on social media, it's like so Beyonce's exciting. babies. It's so exciting and positive. And I asked all the trolls in the world not to make it negative by, by you know, saying, oh, is she going to get fat or when is she going to get her body back? Let the woman be pregnant and enjoy it, you know. And Amy Taylor did a photo shoot just like Beyonce when she was pregnant with triplets. <laughs> You should see the pictures. Oh, the side view of naked. Uh, that was my favorite. Yeah, my waist, Elizabeth, when I was pregnant. The sur- circumference from my my skinny jeans were 54 inches around. Wow. My waist was almost six feet around. If you think about uh, how large that is. Wow. And it was just, I really carried like most all of it right in my stomach. And I got to the point where I couldn't walk anymore and you think I wouldn't think so yeah you think as a woman in today's world well I'm great at multitasking and I'm super strong and I'm energetic and I'm just gonna do this this is gonna be awesome and 
I'm going to rise to the occasion because I've always gotten everything done in my life, right? Well, guess what? Nature really has a way of teaching you lessons. And I got to the point where I couldn't even walk anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was on bed rest at 18 weeks and then I really? delivered yeah, and I delivered at 30 weeks, but I could not um I had to be in a wheelchair to get to the hospital. Was I that just, was that hard for you? I mean, yeah, it was really cuz you hard. are you are a go-getter and I'm you are go-getter. independent, you do your own thing. Yeah. And I I remember being being um under the care of Margaret Carr, who's a wonderful maternal fetal medicine specialist, and she was actually, I, sh- I don't know if I should say this, but she was in labor with her own baby delivering somebody else's baby. So, like, I had in my mind that that's the kind of superhero I needed to be. And she's like, look, she goes, am I calling them? Or are you calling them, meaning mm-hmm. my work? Mm-hmm. Because my blood pressure was going up and things were getting real wacky. And she took the phone, those old school phones, you know, with giant heavy thing. And she put it on my, with a wire, <laughs> and she put it on my stomach and said, you you need to call work and tell them you're not going to be in. But, but, but I'm like, I, I can do this. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And she's like, you're not doing great right now, sister. Yeah. Yep. Time to time to face the music. Yeah. So Beyonce has like she, she may have things that aren't in her control. And for somebody who's totally in control of making their decisions and dictating their life and saying, I am woman. Hear me roar. Yeah. I'm going to go out there and call the shots and produce my records and, you know, branding and image and all that. This may be a humbling experience. Oh, absolutely. And even for women that are pregnant with one baby, the baby's taking over your body. I mean, you you can't control. To- it's totally the aliens are in but the house. It's kind of like that. It is totally like that. Do you watch that show on Channel 4, This Is Us, which is also about the triplets? I must be the only person who hasn't seen it. You gonna, need to it's, it's like my watch assignment it. to go watch this because I people are like, I love this oh show. My gosh. I love this show. Just know every episode you need a box of Kleenex. It's that Every moving, episode. Huh? It is. It's a really great storyline and it involves triplets. So multiples are kind of the the, the, theme. Uh, the theme right now. And how old are your daughters now? So my daughters are 13 and they are completely hormonal. They are, <laughs> they are at one minute. They are the joy of my life, the, the highest highs you can have in life. And the next minute you're like, who is the crazy devil inhabiting my space? I mean, they're so <laughs> it's like a roller coaster of emotions and you always think that's not going to happen to me and then you're sitting there going this is this is happening to me right now i i, I just said uh, today i dropped him off at school and i go okay y'all need to grow up and move out and they're like love you mom i love you too <laughs> they like they just laughed at me i love how honest you are but how do yeah. you handle i mean three girls alone is a lot i my, my only you way know. my only way i can really relate to that is i'm one of four daughters and there were no boys and we were emotional and e- every day every day Someone was crying. And my, and you my, get it. And my mom did say, she said, it never failed. When one of you was having the best time of your life, one of you was going through the hardest time of your life. And she had to, you know, navigate those waters with all of us. But how do you, with three that are the same age, same school, same class, how do you deal with the sibling rivalry and differences? And it does one like a boy and the other one likes the same boy? How do you deal with that? I admire your mother for so much, by the way, it's just from the stories you've told me. That she she's is such incredible. A, a rock and that she, she gave you such a great sense of how to manage Aww. those things yourself, right? Yeah. Because she, you watch somebody do it with strength and grace. Um, I just say every day, please give me the strength to get through this day. Managing the personalities of three very, my husband and I are both intense people. We're both, I don't want to say type A, but I guess we are. You know, we're both 
pretty emotional, hard charging people. And so, you know, we always say, I don't know where you got that from. So our kids are intense too. They're intense kids. And I think it's really, really an important insight to realize that something can be going great for one kid and not for the other. And the rivalry is super intense. There is intense rivalry. Imagine you're competing for everything. You're competing for your mother's attention. You're competing for your father's approval. And you're, you're in the same. And you're in the same. And you're in the same class, grade. like and, the same grade. And you end up liking the same boy. So this just happened recently. So right? what the heck? What what do you do? So one of them had this relationship. Let's call him John. And when I say relationship, it means if you're dating, it means that you talk on FaceTime or you Snapchat. That's dating. Sure. You know, and you may go to a movie. In in grade school terms. In a group, right, in grade school terms. And so the one girl, my daughter, went through this boy really seeking her out, wanting her attention and and calling her. And then he sent her a text message saying, "Um, listen, I really like Julie now. And he just dropped her. And so my other daughter, he started pursuing three months later. And And my other daughter went to to the other daughter and said, I told you he's no good. He's no good. He'll drop you like a hot potato. So they ended up in a yelling, screaming, crying fight in my house about this boy. And my one daughter trying to warn the other daughter, don't don't like him. He's bad. He's bad. He's not a good person. And I try to tell you, why don't you trust me? What? It's all so intense. It's so intense. It's so intense. You don't trust me. And so um, it ended up that this boy came over and then became a human octopus and tried to, he kept <laughs> hugging my daughter and she would run upstairs every five minutes and going, I'm sweating, I'm sweating, I'm sweating, mom. I'm like, what is he doing? He's hugging me. He keeps hugging me in the scary parts of the movie. I'm like, I go, oh, this is ridiculous. Go, That's not normal. John he, needs to calm down. Yeah, he needs to calm down. He's globbing on. And so she got dumped and she, she laughed because then her sister was there to pick her up and say, I told you this would happen. And, and they commiserated that, yeah, this guy was a Well, better guy. that than having something like... Like a boy coming between two sisters. Well, and that's the thing, you know, you just have to say as a parent, you have each other, you have each other. The, this person, this sister always has your back. I wonder how much And they're mom's... always in your life. I mean, I understand mm-hmm. you get older, you can kind of pick and choose how much you see your relatives. But really, in most cases, they're, they're going to be in your life. For a really, really, really long time when it comes to your sibling. Yeah, exactly. And, and did your mom tell you guys a lot, too? Like, your sister is your most important person? Like, did she make it a, a she, thing? Well, what she would say a lot is that, you know, family family's everything. Family's family everything. Mm-hmm. And she would kind of push that message a lot. She would also sit back and say, I'm telling you, one day you're all going to be best friends. And we'd say, Oof. I, I'm still waiting right. for that. Like, I can see something. And we are. The four of us are, are incredibly close. I would I would be lost. And I, I hate to think about the day when one of them is not here because mm-hmm. we are so tight. the closest. But man, growing up, I never thought that could happen. And Ever. I, and I just think that, like, people need to talk more about the difficulties of sibling rivalry because if you don't address it, you see families being really ripped apart in in adult life. I'm sure you can name countless families where they're not tight or whatever. But I look, those situations now, now that those people are grown up and adults, Mm -hmm. I kind of blame the parents for how that happened. Mm -hmm. Which, not that as parents, we need any more pressure to do the right thing so our kids aren't necessarily, you know, aren't screwed up down the road. But I kind of blame the parents because I feel like sometimes there are parents that are really competitive and will try to pit kids against each other in hopes of 
encouraging them to do better when actually it makes you feel like dad likes you more. Mom they, likes you more. Even if you're not trying to pit them to get against each other, they end up thinking that. Hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Why does Dad always this or that? Or why did Mom? You you made a big deal when she got an, uh, an A in math and I got one and you didn't make as big a deal. Oh really? I didn't. I'm sorry. You like I wasn't measuring my response. Okay. Note to self. You know it's constant with them. It's constant measuring against. And then I happen to have two that are identical twins, and so they have very different strengths. And one said, I want to be a veterinarian. And the other one said, um, you know, about six months later, I want to be a veterinarian too. And now it's a veterinarian competition. Oh, boy. I'm the veterinarian. I get to be the veterinarian. Like, they could argue about <laughs> anything. Yeah. So when you first, to kind of take it back to when you, you first found out you were pregnant and there were triplets, and this is probably a really broad question, what was your biggest fear with it being triplets? I, I, yes, I understand, you know, having healthy babies and all of that. But just mm-hmm. when, after they were here, what mm-hmm. was your biggest fear that there were three of these kids? What did you what did you worry about? What did you have any anxiousness well, about? I had one. <clears throat> there were two things. One in the back of my mind, the overarching long term thing was that the fertility doctor said to me, you know, the divorce rate between couples of multiples is much higher and I said, wow. and he said, I want you to be aware of that going in. And I was like, really? I have to be aware of potentially getting divorced now? I mean, uh, I, and it, it kind of stuck with me. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But what happens is you start to realize the amount of pressure that multiple children put on a family. And I thank my mother for being that voice in my head that always said, don't have a baby to make a relationship better. A baby doesn't make a relationship better. It puts more stress on a relationship. Mm -hmm. Having a child puts more stress because who you are really comes out when you're raising a child. And if you have different styles, you're going to be pitted against each other. Yeah, but for people listening to this podcast that are pregnant with multiples Mm -hmm. and hear you talking about that Mm -hmm. stat, they might have a little freaked out because now I want to ask you, before you tell me what you're second thing was that you were scared of yeah what do you and your husband do to make sure you don't get lost amongst these three girls um and this could apply to anybody with children i think it really does apply to a lot of people who are you know raising kids and then they realize gosh they're gone and now we're left with our relationship you know for us after you move through the the diapering and the hands-on phase and they start to grow and you have to really say do the things like um the sport that you love to do together, the things that, you know, go back to the beginning of your relationship and what drew you together. What were those things? How did you spend your time without kids? And really try make an effort to install that in your life. Put that back in your life, you know. Whatever that may we, be. Yeah, we used to have, when the kids were little, we had date night every Friday no matter what. Then now that they're bigger, we started taking that out. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a mistake because you do get lost in their all of their stuff. And time goes by. You may say, okay, we'll do it next week. Next thing you know, a month has gone by. It's That's, almost as if you have to actually put it on the calendar and say, no, if, ands, or buts about it. You do. This is set in stone. We are doing something this night. 100% of priority. And it does go by. And if you don't make it a priority, it's not going to happen. You're going to get lost in the shuffle, especially when you have so many kids. I mean, uh, you, you're you outnumbered. You totally it's are It's three to two. So now back to what was your second fear that you had? So, so really the second fear and the most pressing one when you get diagnosed with having diagnosed like as a disease, <laughs> um, when you are told that you're going to have multiples is really how am I going to manage this? Because at the time I was working full time. And I did radio and television. My husband was working full time. And I remember thinking, as I told you, I'm just going to rely on my own physical energy. Well, guess what? There isn't enough of you to give to three babies, to three infants. I 
was so lucky because when I was on the air, I was talking about this and another mom who had triplets called me at the station and she was a lawyer and she left a message and she said, hi, I'm so-and-so and I heard that you're, ha- please call me. I think I could really help you. And she did. I literally like really? got from her, okay, this is what you can expect. You, you know, they're probably not all going to come home at the same time because somebody's going to probably be in intensive care. You'll probably have an early birth. Um, plan on being in the NICU, of the neonatal intensive care unit. Get three car seats. Get three um, bouncy seats. Uh, just all the logistics of it. And then in terms of what kind of help, she really was able to say, these are the places you can look for help. And for some people, it might be a, a lot of people that have multiples, they go to their church or they go to whatever group they're involved in and they get sign up lists for people oh. to come into the home because they're not, you're not physically capable. And don't you feel like for people, I mean, women, we mm-hmm. a lot of times want to give this persona that we have it all oh. figured out well, this and is our house is spotless true. and we're working out every day and we're having sex with our husbands every night and we're, our kids are perfect. I mean, we we don't, that we are not. a hundred percent. So it. don't be embarrassed. You're saying don't feel ashamed. You need. Oh, you're you're you, saying you, three to three to two. You are outnumbered, like totally you mentioned. You're totally outnumbered. You need to and, get help. And remember, like you're not leaving the house a lot, you know. And so having people come in, um, we also had nurses from St. Joseph's that were coming into the house. Um, it's all you know was mandated because we had preterm babies that would come in and give care and help us administer to these kids. They were getting 25 medications a day. 25 administrations of medication, 30 30 diapers a day. Oh my gosh. 30 bottles a day. Oh my gosh. And so, as far as manning up, you know, we were able to, there are different ways. You know, some people have nannies, some people have college kids, some people have the neighbor kids. It takes a village. It takes For one child, it does. From the teachers, to the relatives, to the neighbors, yeah. to coworkers. I mean, it, it really does. It takes, it takes reliance on help. And, you know, somebody like Beyonce, she, is going to be able to afford that help. But then you have to remember that when you have help, you have other people coming into your home. You know, I often think about like Brad and Angelina, like with all of their children, the amount of stress of dealing with all those children and the amount of stress of dealing with the posse of all those people having input to to all of their personalities because you're caring for them, you're paying for them, they're all interacting with your kids. It's, It's very stressful. To, Too many cooks in the kitchen sometimes, exactly. but yet you need the cooks in the kitchen. You can't live without the cooks. You know, if you're going to, somebody like Beyonce, she's going to, I mean, she, much as she wants to be there with her baby, I I mean, she's going to need help. You can't, you don't sleep in the beginning. Yeah. You and like you said, sleep. And they're for, up. And, and for her part of the pregnancy, if she ends up being on bed rest, I mean, she has a five-year-old. I mean, she has to have all of that taken care of It's good as well. that she has experience. I think that's another thing is like, I just always say like, I'm ruining all three children at the same time. Like I'm a first time <laughs> mom on all of them. You know, it's, it's a, you learn like moms become more calm with experience. They have, yeah. you know, wisdom and they, and they understand not to take things so seriously and all those things that never happened for me. I was just in high alert at high anxiety mode from the beginning, you mm-hmm. know? And because you're someone from what I know of you, having seen you professionally and personally, you, you work hard and you, you want to be successful at what you're working at. And so True. you're someone that you want to be successful at raising these children. You want to do a great job. Yeah. And I think that's where the anxiety comes from. It totally does. For women, where it's like, it's because deep down, we just want to kick ass at it. Right. We just want to be awesome at it. And we know there's going to be setbacks sometimes. There can be very big setbacks. And I think that's part of it, too, is is realizing 
you're in it for the long haul and this is not going to be perfection. And just to really realize that they're so young and innocent for that time where they're under your wing. It's such a precious time to try to be aware that, okay. I mean, I remember the first time I tried refried beans, I decided the kids needed to eat refried (laughs) beans and they were about to. (laughs) Why not? I don't know. 12 months old. I'm like, you're going to eat healthy. 12 months old. And we're, they're all in their high chairs and they started looking at each other and I saw the eyes meet and they started giggling and the beans came out of the thing and they were f- grabbing it. Like imagine like grabbing a chunk of dog food and flipping it and flinging it at each other. And it was going everywhere and all over the floor. And I remember just standing there and I started crying and I slid down the wall onto my kitchen floor and I just sat there crying and going like, I can't, I can't <sighs> even, I can't even pick this up. I can't even, I don't know where to start. It's yeah. exhausting. And yeah. You have to ha- I mean, you and it's just- almost like they took over then. They like totally, they, they, the, the three inmates, of them, they were running the asylum. <laughs> they, they took it over. Uh, so what, what misconceptions do you think people have about having multiples? Do people say things to you where you want to look at them and say, you don't even know They're, what they you're They say talking some about. infuriating things like, was this fertility treatment? <laughs> you're like, um, yeah, since, uh, I, let me tell you about the shots. <laughs> you want to see the bill? I mean, it's so invasive. My husband gave a sample. Like, really, would you, right, would you, do you realize what you're saying when when that's incredibly personal? And I've gotten comfortable with being able to say, well, yes, it was. And I hope that by being able to say that, um, I can help other women not deal with what I dealt with, which was incredible shame at not being able to get pregnant. Why was I ashamed? I'm really not sure. And I think that's evolved a lot. That's definitely evolved because as, uh-huh. as someone that sits here that hasn't been able to carry mm-hmm. a baby to term, mm-hmm. there is this element of shame that you feel, well, you're you're less than. You don't know tired until you have a baby. You don't know real love until you have a baby. And maybe that's true, but it does it's make not me, true. But it does make someone like it, myself who sits here with no biological children and saying, so my emotions aren't real. So I've never loved and lost. I've never felt these things before. And I feel like right. that's so narrow minded for people to say, but it has totally gotten better. People, it, it I think, has gotten better. And I think it helps because people are, women especially, are more public about it. More public and more people. And it's more common. More people are experiencing it. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just a sad, sad truth that so many more people are experiencing it. That is dealing with that a specter of the sh- the shame and the embarrassment and and trying to like talk Cause, to- and because you feel kind of like a failure too at least you that's- feel like a failure and I've I've come to grips with accepting that it may not be in the cards mm-hmm. it just may not be God's plan for me mm-hmm. for whatever reason I always say when I get to heaven hopefully I get there one day I have a lot of questions for God a right. lot of them and this being one of them like mm-hmm. why why me why why some people why mm-hmm. you triplets why does this stuff happen. And, and that's and, where you need to just really have faith to say it, in, in the bigger picture, it'll all make sense. Mm-hmm. Or to deal with what life has brought you. Right. You know, and right. to be able to say, okay, this is how I choose to live. These are the things that I choose to do with my life that I've been given because the fact is your life, Elizabeth K, is an amazing life and you have so much to give and you don't need to be measuring yourself by by that yeah, right. thing. It may feel like a loss that you're grieving, um, and I, I certainly know that well. The other thing that people say that is infuriating. Ooh, is, I have no, I have no idea what you're going to say here. 
The look on your face right now. It's like, seriously? They'll say, oh, at least it's all one and done. And now you don't have to worry about that anymore. Meaning like, you're only doing it once. So it'll be so much easier than having, if you had um, three pregnancies, three pregnancies or four kids over 15 years or what, however people have their families. It's what do you like, say to that then? Well, uh, what I feel like saying is, you know, listen, just like what you were saying, you have this experience. Don't invalidate my experience. Like, just don't do that to people. You having one child or not having a child, it's your personal experience. Whether How I experience those things. So, in other words, I say to somebody who has one baby and they're saying, I'm really struggling with this baby. I'm up all night or um, I can't get my kid to do their homework and it's really bothering me or I'm sleepless. And you know what? I'm dealing with depression. I'm feeling really depressed. Would I ever invalidate that person's emotions by saying, oh, you'll get through it because one or, day they'll be gone. Right. Or will you just have one? Try having have, three. Or try having three. Exactly. Oh, d- you you're right. To, you ought to try having three. You're right. You know, it's like it is not a case of one and done. It's a, it's an exponential blowing up of the amount of tasks and things that you have to do when you have three at once. And, and it is hard. And it's hard to know. Like I said, because you don't have the benefit of experience, kind of what you're doing. Every grade is a new grade. Every experience is totally the first time you've ever yep. done this. You know, so you never. And get we're all coming from different walks of life. Mm-hmm. My experience mm-hmm. with this scenario may not be the same for you because you may have grown up in a situation similar, and I haven't. I mean, every, you, you are coming at this right. from totally different walks of life and experiences, which may change how we look at a situation. And you're very right about that. You have, Every time I talk to Amy, I have these like moments of, gosh, she's so smart. She's so wise. Oh, that's sweet. Because you, you. You, really, you really have a way of being real and, you know, kind of laughing a little bit about the bad days and how the bad life- days The bad days definitely happen. And oh, the, yeah. And the feeling of when you have something that you're dedicating your life to, you don't know on a daily basis how you're doing. We get, you and I, I think part of, I bet, you like seeing those ratings because you know how you're doing. Yeah, it's a, it's numbers. You can see you, you can, can see, see increases yes, and decreases. And, and it's validating, right? Like, gosh, that's my report card. And this is how, how I did. I did great. You know, this is my achievement. Um, when you're dealing with your personal relationships, whether it's your marriage or raising children, you don't necessarily know how it's all going to come out, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to ask yourself like things about, am I full of gratitude for my life? Am I happy in the moment? You know, these things can be hard to measure when you are very taxed by what you're trying to do. Yeah. You know? And the mistakes can sometimes be scary and you, you don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to make a mistake with your kids. No, you don't want to make a mistake perhaps in your marriage. You don't want to Choose option A because what if option A is wrong and then maybe choose option B and it can get very, very overwhelming. And for your daughters, because I hope that they're listening to this mm-hmm. podcast. I hope you'll sit them down. I'm sure they have all the time in the world to hear mom sit and talk about them. Aww. What is your what is your hope for the three of them individually? What is what is your hope for your girls? That is such a great question. I think one of the things I hope for them is that they will have the ability to look at their own lives and feel their own sense of self-worth and what they're doing with their life and not need to look externally for validation or approval uh, from other people. And I think that's kind of what 
I did mm-hmm. with my life, the part of my life that I'm not fully happy with or fully comfortable with yet about who I am. In other words, I was told a lot like as a kid, oh, um, you're pretty. You should be a model. And it was like I kind of listened to what people said I should do instead of kind of knowing, owning what, what my own power was, if yeah. that makes sense. And and I so when my kids say to me, I have one one my one daughter says, I want, I'm going to be president. And I say, that's awesome. You can be president instead of, oh, you should be a nice girl. I have one daughter who always is very just and she always takes on somebody and says that's not right like you can't bully her you can't be that way like you know she's she's very noticing about that and she loves to talk about politics you want to get in politics you can be in politics the one wants to be a veterinarian she doesn't want to follow what other conceived notions are of what women should be doing yeah which is being pretty and nice and i'm not saying be unkind i'm saying be kind but follow your own path and blaze your own trail. You know, the one that wants to be a veterinarian, do it. You know, she's like, Mom, I love that truck. She loves these flatbed trucks, these <laughs> open truck. She's like, I want to drive a truck. Did you see Dr. D? She flies a helicopter and she can rescue a horse. And, I mean, it's like, really? You know, like, you're my daughter. You want to do that? How cool is that? I want them to feel that they could do all those things. And Amy, that that's something we all could take away. Yeah. We all as we all as people, just because someone says something about you, you don't have to give that power. You don't have you don't to, have to make that a truth. Mm-hmm. And right. sometimes we have that tape that will play in our head because someone said something one time or multiple times or you heard something. And now in social media. All the trolls, people can say whatever to who, whoever. That's so. You so don't right have on. to make that the truth. You don't have to make that the truth, and I think that is so right. Like, and and especially for girls with this whole age that I'm in, where the girls can be so castigating to each other, they can be so mean, so cruel. Oh, is it? It's really. I mean, I <sighs> I have an 11 year old stepson, so we're not in the world of girls it, and that age or you're anything. You're not, and you're still in that beautiful age where they you're the center of their universe. And then, right. Yes. And then so then that will start to change when they start to see, oh, there's a universe of friends out there and those friends will start to have an impact on them. And you, what you want for them is to not change who they are based on what those kids are saying. You know, things like girls saying, oh, I don't have a thigh gap or I didn't even know what that was. I was like, what the heck? Is but a that's how gap? that is how it starts. I have this little birthmark on my back. It's not very big. It's a little birthmark. When, as a kid, am I ever looking at my back? Right. I'm not. I'm at Sheridan Pool in Cudahy, and I'm probably about sixth grade. So, you know, boys are kind of picking on girls because whatever, they may like you or what have you. And somebody said, you have poop on your back. I said, what are you talking about? Look at your back. Well, I go to my mom. I said, what is this? Well, she explains to me, I have a birthmark on my back. Every dress I wore from then until probably college, I always made sure that was covered up. I had like a crisscross back or a halter top because one kid at a pool made fun of me. And And it's stuck inside you. But I didn't even know it was a thing to even think about. I should be ashamed of that. Until somebody, and and you shouldn't be ashamed of that. I mean, it sounds foolish now. I say that at 35 years old. And actually, it's kind of funny to see sort of how far I've come since then. My wedding that I had, my second wedding to, to Eric, I had a backless dress. All right, sister. Because I was like, it's not even that big, but I didn't even know it was a thing. 
Until and this kid said until it. Until this kid said it. Wherever this be. kid is now, I don't even know who this kid was, but he sits with me at the pool, and it makes you start to think about this stuff. So you're going to raise your stepson to not be that guy that's saying, oh, you have pudge on your stomach, and look, and I'm raising my daughters to say, yeah, look at this is my stomach. It's strong, and it carries me through life. Like Just like you know, I couldn't even get through the whole thing with Lady Gaga being body shamed about her What belly. the heck like, was that? I mean, that was, and her response was so... Beautiful. But it's like someone like her, she can't she can't win. Come on. Damned if people. you do, damned if you don't. She can't win. And I guess what I want to say is I want to teach them you can win because you're gonna win on your own terms and you're gonna be a champion, like she says, be a champion, and you can succeed and you be the you be the measure of your own success. Right. You be the one who says, I did this right, I did well, I gave it my best, and I like my stomach. Yeah. Because you know what? It's like we're in such a critical world and we need to we need to just be back to being because, positive. But because it's so easy to be critical. And that's mm-hmm. sort of the ugly side of social media. It's so easy. And as we talk about raising multiples under the umbrella of parenting, mm-hmm. mom bashing, that could be that's that's gonna be a whole different podcast that we'll get to. Yeah. That needs to stop. That the mom bashing that happens on social media, mm-hmm. you don't walk in that woman's shoes. You don't know what's going on with her child. You don't know what challenges they're facing. Because like we've talked about, we're all hopefully most of us, trying to do the best job we can with the cards that were dealt. Yeah. It, it, and it, it the mom bashing you, is out of control. It allows you, the social media, to hide behind a certain anonymity. It's your name and maybe your picture, yep. but you don't, you're not accountable. Yep. And just this, the way people talk to each other is so discouraging. My thing is, don't be mean in 2017. Yeah, I that's, love that, it. That's my, that's my I line. I love it. Use the hashtag, don't be mean in 2017. Yeah. Amy, this is so great that you came in and chatted with us. Thank and you. Amy, I feel like we could talk forever and we ever could. and ever. I could still keep going. We could. Well, Just you, so you know. You're going to be back. Okay, awesome. Because you are someone that is not oh. afraid to give her opinion. And I, I love that. Nice. I See, I like that you think that about me. Yes. I'm going to own that. Thank you. I do. I love that. Uh, but you. people like to find out where you're at because they have been following you. And maybe they lost track of where you are because you did leave, you know, radio and TV for a while because of the girls. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you now if they want to so, so find can, out what's going on with Amy Taylor? They, I was actually thinking about this. Like, do I need to open my Facebook page to the public? Maybe I will. <laughs> um, I still As we just got done talking about <laughs> Internet trolls. Are you sure you want to do totally, that? Totally, totally. Um, or on Instagram. And and also, um, I fill in on the morning blend a lot, too, because mm-hmm. I really um, love, I still have great allegiance to my old station. Those ladies are great. And, and Kim yeah. Buchanan over Kim there. Buchanan, is... You know, she's such an amazing producer. And I just love Molly and Tiffany. And it's a, it's a wonderful time. So I love to go over there. So they can see me on TV. Yeah, and the, to you know, kind of continue on with this, like, hey, girl power, because I'm all about yeah. girl power. Dang right. uh, you are also someone. I just want to tell you that I I admire how you will celebrate other women's successes. Oh, thank you. And that I, I is do. a really, really special thing. Taylor Swift mentioned. She said there's a special place in hell for women okay. that want to knock down other women and you are someone that is just you're, you're the opposite of that oh yeah so when and you, i admire that of you because you. you you do and more women need to be like that i people agree always constantly want to pit women against each other no Why? We, we need i watch i watch how my husband does business and i watch him i have seen him call somebody and say listen i have this lead for you i have this group for you i have these people for you he calls all of his colleagues and he does that he tries to hook them up why don't we do that for each other Why we need to be doing 
doing that for each other. Is it insecurities? Are, are, do women have yes. insecurities? Is yes. that what it is? And that's what that's what we're gonna. Uh, this next generation, we are gonna be. We're we're gonna eliminate that. Let's make that our goal. Mm-hmm. You know, and say like, so you're gonna give me um, this link to this podcast and I'm going to put it on my Facebook page and I'm going to promote you and I'm going to say this is where you find Elizabeth's podcast you know and I'm going to do everything I can to tell all my friends that they should be listening to this because it's it's really good stuff and it's what people want to talk about and hear about. Thank you, Amy. And that's a perfect segue, actually. Uh, If you are interested in this podcast, you have suggestions or maybe there's someone that we need to have on here, someone that I would love to talk to, send them my way. ElizabethKRadio at gmail.com. That's ElizabethKAYRadio at gmail.com. Uh, you can also subscribe with your podcast app. Just search 50 Shades of K. It's spelled out five zero. It's the numbers. And you can also find it if you have like an Android phone by using the Google Music Play app. You can search for it there. But every week we have it up at 991themix.com. Amy Taylor, will you be back on? I will. I would love it. It's girl, it's girl talk. It's girl talk. It's girl. We haven't had a guy on yet. I feel like we might need to have a guy on the podcast. That, do you think he could survive it? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, so you can find this at 991themix.com. Once again, every week we, we're back with 50 Shades of K. Thank you, Amy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.